Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's Live in the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. All right, this week on Live in the Bream, we have got a special treat. Um, I go way back with this person, although I'm not sure he remembers. I do. Uh, way back in the Wayback Machine. Um, he is a seven-time Grammy Award winner. He is um, the the soundtrack of your life, if you're into Christian music at all, and beyond, because he's had crossover, too. You'll know Toby Mack. We've got him here today on Live in the Bream to talk to us about his brand new project, Life After Death. It is great to have you, Toby. Thank you for having me. And I do remember we go way back. Come on, man. I've been watching you. <laughs> the way back machine. Um, I, I tell the story. And so I'm sorry that you'll have to listen to it again. But for the people on our podcast who don't know this, we both graduated from Liberty University. Go Flames. Um, and back in the day, I was a freshman, completely uncool, which is not hard to imagine. And we had a brother-sister dorm party, and they announced that the group coming was this group called DC Talk. They would have cassettes there for sale. And I didn't have a costume. I think it was like a Halloween thing. And so I just put on my robe and put curlers in my hair because that was going to be my costume. I'm not sure what I was thinking. Um, (laughs) So I went to this party and heard you guys. And I was like, oh, my goodness, they're amazing. Like, they're for real. And you've just been a rocket ship since then. Um, Did you ever imagine that you would have all these twists and turns in your life to bring you to where you are now? Oh, man, how could I ever imagine it? You know, I I literally told my father, who was a realtor in Fairfax County, the D.C. area in Virginia, uh, I told my dad, I said, look, dad, I'm going to sign this record deal. I'll mess around with music for a few years and I'll be back to do real estate with you in the Washington, D.C. area. And, you know, you look up however many years later, it's been I can't even think about it. (laughs) Uh, And I'm still like making music and the the beautiful part is I honestly am still completely passionate about it and so Mm -hmm. grateful so grateful yeah and that makes a difference whatever you're pursuing it feels like such a gift when your work really does excite you to get out of bed and to go do a new project and to work on things I feel the same way Um, and you have just decade after decade um, delivered so many songs. I, I have, I'm, I'm a weirdo in that I find things and think it's totally new and it's not. Um, I stumbled upon Caleb's 1990s um, channel that they have that just plays 1990s from of Christian music. And oh my I gosh, haven't. it's you. Listen, you're all over it. <laughs> it is amazing. <clears throat> but I have all these flashbacks to like, oh my gosh, these fantastic songs over the years. So you've consistently written and delivered things that are speaking to people and reaching people and entertaining people. Um, and your new project comes from a very, very personal place. Um, for people who know any of the backstory, uh, you lost your oldest son. And yeah. these songs really feel like a journey through the grief, through, uh, you know, finding a way through the fog of that despair. Um, and coming out the other side, a different person, but still with hope. Um, tell us about that journey. Yeah, well, I think to the to the first part of what you were saying, I, 
you know, I write my songs. I've always written my songs out of my life from DC Talk to today. Whatever we're experiencing, whatever I'm experiencing, that's what I'm writing about. I thought I tried to write a couple like fictional songs early in my career. And I'm like, this doesn't work for me. I don't know how to make this relate. And it doesn't seem to resonate with people. But if I'm living it, I can't be living something that much different than most people out there. So, you know, I'm experiencing, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a guy that wants to pursue God with all my heart, wants to uh, make my faith a vital part of who I am and kind of run everything by that and then live my life out from that. So here I am doing that in the middle of this world and whatever it throws at us. So I figure if I write songs from that, I can't be that unrelatable. It, it has to resonate with people. Um, and yeah, as I, so I've written songs over the years, mostly about, mostly about the, the overflow and the joy because it was just such a, you know, most of my life has been good. It's been, it's been amazing. It's been like the dream. And then you, you, you have this son and then we have to adopt two children, have two other boys. So, you know, I look up and I have five kids and it's just the abundance of life. I'm writing these songs about it uh, and, and the struggle, but not the struggle like, like this record, like life after death is a, is, is, it was hard. It was, I didn't know if I would make music again. Uh, I didn't know. I definitely didn't. The only, probably the only reason I even made music again is because I, five days after my son, I lost Truett. Uh, we lost Truett. I wrote this song called 21 Years, and I really wrote it as a tribute to him. I don't think I would have just gone in and written songs again. Oh, take a writing session. That just was not even thinkable. But to write a tribute to my son, because he was a beautiful, amazing person uh, that struggled. He was a wild one, but God loves the wild ones. Mm, thank um, goodness for all of us. Yeah, yeah. And I wrote, so I, I went in to write a tribute to him. So that kind of got me in to do something. And then I realized, man, I, there's there's something in me. There's things in me to be written about this grief, this loss, this pain. And it it felt like it was, uh, it, it felt like it was the right thing to do for, for my life, uh, for my family, and, and hopefully and prayerfully for other people out there. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Stephen Curtis Chapman in concert, one of his first concerts back after the death of his daughter. And he was just brutally honest and raw about it and said, you know, I've sung these songs. I've encouraged other people. I've written these lyrics over the years. And then I came face to face with, do I really believe this? Do I really believe huh. God is with me? There's purpose in this, that he's going to walk me through, that I'll ever have joy or hope again in my life. Um, did you have a similar experience? Maybe I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Just being <laughs> transparent. Um, maybe I haven't gotten. I mean, yeah. Have I have I looked up and struggled to believe uh, that there's purpose in this? Have I looked up and doubted even God? Um, and, you know, I kind of like I honestly said I'd kind of give God a, I told him I said look okay I'm going to give you a chance here like that's literally the words I said mm-hmm. I, I, I frustrated I'm going to give you a chance and so here's my story like I was reading the Bible I set out to read you know I graduated from Liberty like you it's like 
I guess you graduated. Did you graduate? Yep. <laughs> um, so I, I set out on this journey about uh, two and a half years ago to read the Bible from cover to cover. And I, I have never done that, believe it or not. I mean, I read the Bible almost every day, hopefully every day on my best days. But I set out to read it cover to cover. So when Truett passed, I was probably three-fourths away through, or maybe maybe three-quarters of the way through the Old Testament. So I, I said, okay, I stopped reading. And I said, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm just going to keep reading. I'm going to just, I'm going to spend my half hour and I'm going to keep reading. And I kept reading. Uh, and in that, just deciding to keep reading, honestly, God just kind of met me there. And I, I, I almost didn't want to believe it, but he kept showing me sides of himself, facets of himself that I hadn't known before. Mm-hmm. And I actually got closer to him. And I, I mean, I'm hoping I don't have, look, this is a hard life. You know what I mean? We, we we live in a world that's crazy and we're trying to pursue faith in a God we can't see or touch. And it, it's, it gets hard. Could that, could that moment come back to me that Stephen had? Maybe I'm singing these songs right now called Life After Death. And maybe I'll look up a year from now and go, wait a second. I don't know if this is all real. <laughs> could that happen? Of course. But right now, I feel like I know God better than I've ever known him. And I feel like I've allowed him to know me better than he's ever known me. So we're very close. And I and I my hope and prayer is that no one takes that from me. And, and, you know, I just mm-hmm. live in that. Yeah, the good news for Stephen, as he was sharing during that concert, was he said, you know, I did come to find in my deepest grief, like, I do believe this. I mean, all these things that I've written and that I've sung and admonished other people to do, like when it came to me and hit me in the face and it was my life, I did find that I really believe these lyrics and these words were true. And um, it's such a testimony when somebody can do that, as you've done and poured out in this um, new project, Life After Life After Death. Um, and the joyful song that you have that is um, skyrocketed to the top of the charts. And it's one of those things that when I hear it, I just will be singing it all day. The goodness. Um, tell us about that song coming together. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So it was a lot of steps that we won't have time to go into. But a lot of steps to get to the goodness, you know, a lot of steps for me to say, you're the goodness in my life. If you can imagine at first, you know, I wrote 21 years and then I wrote a song with my daughter called everything about you, uh, where, where we just talk about all the things we miss about Truett. And then, um, I wrote a song called faithfully where it was really my expression of God, just just being there and you know the lyric is uh when i cried out to you jesus you were there faithfully um and 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 then i remember i was sitting in a restaurant uh just fiddling around in my notebook writing thoughts it was in the morning i was just having coffee my morning which is about 11 o'clock but anyway (laughs) i like that kind of morning the brunchy morning (laughs) right and i wrote after my little Bible study, I just wrote, you're still the goodness in my life. And I thought, wow, did I just write that? Like, did I just, did I just tell him he's the goodness in my life? And I, so from that thought, I said, just there has, that has to be a song. So then I started writing the goodness and then I, I ran, I stumbled across this quote about the goodness. And it said, um, 
I don't even know who said it because I, I try to look up who said it. And they said, we don't claim that statement as this person's. And I, so I was like, OK, I'll just say I read it. And it <laughs> said uh, a saint is not someone who is good, but someone who has experienced the goodness of God. Hmm. And I thought that was so amazing that it's not it's not really on us. You know, it's, it's really on the goodness of God. And that's what we lean into. And that's what he, the gift he's given us. And I, I just wrote that song again out of the abundance of, of this life and how good he's been to me. Uh, and then I asked Blessing Offer to be on it. And that story is kind of interesting. I'll make it really quick. But I had no idea who he was. Amanda and I were sitting, my wife, were sitting by the fire. Uh, we bought the Christmas tree. <laughs> we brought it home. And our kids are, so my youngest boys are 16 and 17 now, so they're running around with their friends, of course. We're sitting there by the fire, waiting for them to come home to decorate the tree. <laughs> I'm just, Might be I'm a like, while. <laughs> is that not normal? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, these knuckleheads, I'm just sitting here, but we're having hot chocolate and chatting and we have music on. And this voice comes over on this Christmas song, I'm like, oh my goodness who is that like, and i look up on my phone and i and it says it's it's not Steve Richard, it says it's um it says it's uh, chris tomlin and i'm like that is not chris tomlin <laughs> we I all know, know chris's voice <laughs> exactly the whole world knows chris's voice um and it said chris tomlin so he happens to be on the same label as I am, Capital. So I called them. I called my A&R guy. I'm like, this is not Chris. Something's wrong with the way they put this, th- loaded this thing. And he goes, no, it is Chris, but it's on his record. But this guy named Blessing Offer sings the whole song, uh, this Nigerian guy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy's voice. So I text Chris, and I'm like, can I get his number? And he's like, Chris, like, please, please put him on something. <laughs> Pretty please. Off like Yes. So anyway, I had it. I called him and he's like, I would love to do something with you. I've been a fan for a long time. And then we met at the studio and he just made it come to life. I'm so grateful. Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. It, like I said, it's it's one of those songs that sticks with you and kind of wherever you're at kind of kicks you up a notch um, if you need it or if you're already happy, you're going to go into the stratosphere with this one. Um, it's an amazing song and has done so well. I know you're out on tour. Um, I got to confess, the Breams have looked for dates that we could come and you are all over the place. I'm not sure we're going to find you, but we're with you in spirit. Um, in the meantime, you, you know, you talk about you grew up in this area where I live and work now in the D.C. area. Um what was your journey like musically? Like, what were the influences that led you to what you're doing? Yeah, musically, I didn't, I didn't really know what Christian music was. I went to a small church in Annandale, like a independent Baptist church. So it was hymns or nothing. So mm-hmm. I, I grew up on hymns in church. So I turned to mainstream music and. I grew up on hip hop mostly. Uh, I, you know, in DC Talk, I was the rap guy. I was the rapper. Michael and Kevin were the singers, my, my my boys, and I and I had the privilege of sitting between two of the best singers I've ever recorded or sat with in my life. Uh, so the whole thing of DC Talk was I would rap, they would sing, and it was just made us different because we we put in that day it felt like it was either rap or singing, and we put the two together, which mm-hmm. kind of made us pop off a little. Um, so yeah, my influences, early influences were like Run DMC. I always say if you put if you put the, these four corners around me, then I play within that field. It would be like Run DMC, 
the police who I just loved. Oh, fantastic. Uh, Bob Marley and, and Hall of Notes, which is a Philadelphia kind of soul group. Mm-hmm. So I try to live, if that was four corners, I'd live in that little box musically. So I can, I love soul. I love reggae. I love hip hop. And I love like sort of hip hop art, reggae influenced rock and roll, which is the police. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, how is it different putting together music and writing for a group, different voices, as you said, you didn't see yourself as a singer back then, um, which is what you're doing now. I mean, how how is that transition into then going as a solo artist, the way that you write, the way you think about songs and even, you know, your performance or concerts? Um, tell us about that. Yeah, that's a great question. And I love answering it because it's it, this what makes me kind of. I'm definitely a glass half empty guy. I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I'm always grinding, thinking I got to do more to keep up with mm-hmm. everybody. That's just how I was wired, right? From day one. I uh, even when, <laughs> even when, yeah, I bet. Even when Michael Tate uh, would be like at Liberty, like, hey, we have that accounting t- exam. I go, I know. Oh, right. I, You're I, like, hmm. I'm, I'm going to be studying for it, Michael. He's like, what? Uh, you mind covering me because I'm going out. I'm like, what do you mean cover you? Like, you're going to copy me or what? <laughs> We're in school. I guess deep. <laughs> uh, I, did I just tell him Michael Tate? Sorry. I didn't mean to, but he's I'll my I'll give best him a chance to respond. We'll invite him on. <laughs> okay, we'll be. <laughs> he can tell us uh, a Toby story. I, yeah, yeah, I think he can. He's got plenty. Um, you know, I, it's been really fun. It's really been kept me childlike in this way. When, when I used to write, I would write melodies. And like, I, I remember the day I wrote the, uh, the song Heaven Bound or Spinning Round for Kevin. I, I sang them that melody, you know, Heaven Bound, don't you know. Oh, don't make me rap. join you because you know I will. Right. <laughs> and I said, sing this and I'll rap the verses. And I sort of invited them into this thing. And that that's a longer story, but that's kind of why they were really wanted to do solo records and why DC Talk kind of. I don't know if I'd call it a breakup about why we went from climbing one mountain together to climbing separate mountains as we have the way I put it. It's because they felt a little bit like their thing wasn't on DC Talk. I thought it was. I think the world thought it was. Mm-hmm. But creatively, they had things they wanted to write and say yeah. and express. And they felt like I did all that for DC Talk. It's just kind of the way it started. Um, anyway, to answer your, that's a very long answer to your question. I'm not even there yet. Uh, <laughs> Keep going. I, I, I kind of, um, it's been fun because I've literally learned to use my voice in different ways. And mm-hmm. so like every song I write now, I'm like, can I sing like that? Let me try. And like, I'm, it's like, it's like unfolding in front of me. It's like these new dimensions that I can do with my voice and artistically and, in expressions that i can have stylistically and i've literally learned i'm learning under people's noses like it's it's been fun because i'm it's like i'm climbing going to new 
climbing new mountains each time because I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could do a vocal like that. Whereas if I had sang since I was a little kid, I wouldn't still be, it wouldn't still all be unfolding. So it's mm-hmm. like this beautiful unfolding where I'm learning about, I'm sure you're, you know, moving from your last show to this show, it's different. It's you're, you're learning about yourself and that yeah, that's kind of what, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, different. I mean, different muscles. And and I think sometimes um, I don't know about you, but I feel like sometimes you you feel like you're not ready for the next thing that presents itself. Maybe for you, it's that next song, that next vocal. Um, but if we step forward, um, somehow our faith fills in the gaps um, where something bigger oh, than I... us and someone bigger than us can can um, make up where we feel like we fall short. I mean, we're always going to be limited as human beings. So that shouldn't stop us um, when we're scared of taking on the next thing, especially that's if we feel so called in, to it. Yeah, that's so in line. You, you, I feel like you listen to my, my interview. Because I say that <laughs> all the time. You no, know, I, I kind of just tell God, if you open the door, I'll step through it. And, mm-hmm. and every time. You kind of, as you said, you, either something comes alongside. God is good enough to just when you are willing to step through a door, he opens. He's there. And it, and that's throughout history from the Old Testament to today. Right. Yeah. And if we could do everything on our own, I, you know, how much would we realize that we need him? I mean, if we only stick to the safe stuff um, that we can accomplish in what we think our own human skills, um, it limits everything, our faith in him, our ability to take on new things. And I always say, like, when he accomplishes things through us as flawed, regular human beings, um, it's so easy to give him the credit because we know it wasn't us. And it just ends up bringing him glory in the process. Absolutely. And it's it's like it. I always think about walking on water and like, I always think about if I was in that boat and I know this is sounds like such as like Sunday school, but it's, it's still the truth. You know, if I was on that boat, would I have stepped out on that water? I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. It's but easy I sure to say like now, to, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, know I, I sure like to think I would have, you know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. you have to know that there's no way a human being can think they can walk across water. So it, it's a step of faith every time in life, even, through the smallest doors in a daytime of a mother caring for her kids or through through doors of people writing songs or being on the news. It, it doesn't matter. We're all taking these mm-hmm. little steps of faith and trusting a big God. Absolutely. And he can fill in every gap and meet every need where we know that we are falling short. Um, we've been talking with Toby Mack, the new project. And we do, I think we talked about this on the air. I, I don't you can't call it albums. It's not CDs. It's not cassettes. Um, because I'm dating myself with all of those references, is life after death. It has um, just been such a blessing. I think that's why people are so connecting with it. He's out on tour now. You can find those dates online. And you will be blessed by this music and by his performance, his testimony, and his willingness to share um, what he and his family have walked through and are still walking through. Um, Toby, thank you for joining us on Live in the Bream. Thank you. I'm so grateful to finally connect. We've 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 kind of done the dance a few times, but we're finally connected. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll see you soon in Franklin. Yeah, I'd love it. Man. Thank you. Thanks, Toby. God bless. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.